winning is an inner game, whether it's in sports, business, exams, or a career. Your thoughts, feelings, and emotions have a significant impact on how well you will perform. All winners see it in the inside, whatever they want to experience on the outside. The interesting finding in the psychology of a winner is that winners and losers manage their emotions differently. In fact, a mastery over one's emotions is the major key factor to winning. In order to become a winner, one must manage and break through five crucial key emotions for winning. The lack of managing these emotions can deteriorate your performance and scar you for the rest of your life. The first key emotion that you must master in order to emerge as a winner is overcoming all of your frustrations. Now we get frustrated when we don't live up to our standard and potential. You feel disappointed when you don't meet your own expectations. Frustrations kill your dreams. It turns a positive attitude into a negative one. A total surrender to frustrations has contributed in the creation of a lot of losers. It breeds mediocrity and victimizes people completely. But frustrations have a purpose to serve, and winners use frustrations to their advantage. I always say to people, you know what, honor the struggle, honor the suffering, honor the challenges, honor that, 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 that deep, dark frustration, those emotions that are negative, those things that really freak us out, honor those things. If you've got struggle in your life, honor it. Know that that thing has been put before you by divine hand in order to challenge you, in order to make you a better person, in order to make you more loving, in order to make you pay attention, in order to make you to honor and find the zest in life. And if you don't believe in a divine hand or the cosmos or anything, at least look at it and say, you know what, maybe this thing I could use to appreciate life even better. Even if you can't ever, if you can never obliterate that thing, if you can never fix it, to at least be at peace with what it is. Winners know how to break through their frustrations by turning their frustrations into developing a fascination for something, devoting their focus to overcompensate something they feel they lack the most. And now you too can use frustrations for your advantage. You know, in life you have to keep a balance between uh, being frustrated and being too happy. Because if you're too happy, you get too complacent. If you get too frustrated, you get too stressed out. But frustration, if you take it on a positive sense, it is actually restlessness. You know, a lot of people get consumed by frustrations, but I, I feel you should be fueled by frustrations. You know, people don't change. They only change when they have to. And that have to phase is more like a pressure cooking experience. When people say enough is enough, that's the time that I think they are prepared to change. You know, sometimes what happens when people are too frustrated, they get too stressed out and they become helpless. But instead, on the other side of frustration is actually goals and dreams and aspirations. You're frustrated because you're missing out something. You're frustrated because there's a gap. And always there's a gap. You know, there's a gap between where you are and where you're supposed to be. And frustration is always in a constant reminder to tell you where you should be what you should be aspiring for, what should be your goals, what your big vision of life should be. Another effective way to encounter your frustrations is to simply laugh at your silly frustrations. When you look back in time, don't you feel like laughing at yourself for something that was frustrating you at one point? 
I mean, really, remember times when you felt too frustrated, and then later on, when you recall that experience, you felt like laughing at yourself. The catch is this. You don't need to be in the future to look back and laugh at something frustrating going on right now. You can laugh at yourself at this very moment. Become bigger than your problems. When you do that, you can literally dwarf any overwhelming situations. That's the psychology of a winner. Remember this, little things affect little people. The second emotional mastery is learning how to manage rejection. Hey, rejection is a universal phenomenon and it's a natural part of our life. Even though we intellectually know this, none of us are proud when we experience rejection. Emotionally, we go through more pain than anything else when we feel rejected. As a matter of fact, all of us grew up through several rejections in our life. It's a fact that when you are in the pursuit of achieving something, there will be many situations and people that may reject you. It's a part of life, but most of us do not accept them. Instead, we get fearful about the idea of rejection. Because rejection in the brain signals pain. Rejection and pain are the same things to your brain, right? So we try to avoid rejection. It's an uncomfortable thing, being rejected, being told no. But throughout life, and the further we grow, the more we expand our consciousness, the greater we become as individuals, we learn to deal with rejection. And one of the biggest things that I've learned in my life, my friend, is that rejection equals protection. Anytime I'm rejected, I often think to myself that there's something bigger, there's something better, there's something more bold, there's something that's going to light myself on fire and that I'm truly more passionate about. And that's why I was rejected. It's a greater opportunity. God's giving you something that you can do something with. Fear of rejection can become a major reason for many of life's failures. Those who fear rejection, they do nothing. Winners know that the key to success in life is getting maximum rejection. This means the more you're rejected, the more you'll be successful. Whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, if you're maybe a entrepreneur trying to get new clients or make sales, if you're a salesperson working for somebody else, if you are perhaps trying to find a new job, start a new career, whatever it is that you are trying to accomplish, I can tell you that if you're not getting plenty of no's, in other words, a lot of rejection, you're also not getting a lot of yeses. Your calendar is not full if you're not getting plenty of no's. That's just a fact. The key to success is achieving maximum rejections in life. The more you get rejected, the more acceptance you get. It's a numbers game called the law of averages. Whenever you ask anyone for anything, remember the following. SW, 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 and SW. What does that stand for? Some will, some won't. So what? Someone's waiting. <laughs> I hope you like that. I liked it when I first saw it. You see, life is a numbers game. It really is. You have to keep asking until someone says yes. You got to keep going even though you get rejected. So I wanted to just encourage you today that whatever it is that you're going through, going for right now, please make sure you're getting plenty of no's. Please make sure that you're putting yourself out there, that you're being absolutely persistent and absolutely consistent. Because the more that you do, the more you put yourself out there, the more no's you get, the closer you get to a yes.
The key to acceptance is through rejection. The more you are rejected, the more you will be accepted. Stallone once said, Yeah, yo, I take rejection as someone blowing a bugle in my ear to wake up and get going, rather than retreat. <laughs> well said there, Stallone. Now, people who have made history have gone through several rejections in their life. Now, this is a proud moment for all the ones that are rejected at some point in their life. The secret of mass acceptance is massive rejection. Remember that. People who overly protect themselves from making any mistakes and fearing rejections seldom do anything or achieve anything. The third emotion is replacing complacency with perseverance. Experiencing this emotion could be a turning point for you. If you can overcome this, you can leverage and experience progress or you can remain in the comfort zone. Mediocrity is the result of comfort zone. People who are outstanding winners today have managed and overcome the challenges of a complacent attitude. The objective of a comfort zone is to protect us, but the irony is we choose to be overprotected. The comfort zone is one of the greatest enemies of human potential and of your potential. When people get into a comfort zone, they strive to stay in that comfort zone even if they're not happy with their situation. Often their whole lives pass them by while they're furnishing and reinforcing their little rut of medium performance. Now, comfort is the enemy of achievement. The biggest challenge for our long-term success can often be our short-term successes. Success in any area can quickly breed complacency. When you get comfortable, you don't want to change. When you don't change, you don't grow. When you don't grow, you die. If you're ripe, you will rot. If you're green, you'll grow. Think of your comfort zone as a prison that you live in. We're all confined to our limitations. We spend our entire lives preparing for a comfort zone. A fancy job, you're studying, to be stuck. No! Yes, in one location. No! Yes, your entire life. You see, we ruin our lives through comfort zones when we fail to see that change is the only constant. You see, our comfort zones ruin our lives when what happens? We get stuck in the same routine. You wake up, you eat. Oh, you ate breakfast this time, right? You go to work, you come home. It's what I call the conveyor belt lifestyle. And this is what traps so many of us in the matrix. You see, what's freed me along my journey is to realize there is no change without a change in routine. Slow motion this side. And it's scary, I know, because we get stuck to routine. But sometimes a routine can be a deadly 
graveyard. <gasps> As humans, we are highly adaptive to our living conditions. Thus, a frail mind can easily become complacent. We can easily become accustomed to misery, poverty, loneliness, and depression. We need to become more perseverant. We need to be committed to our goals that we have all the right to pursue. You need the courage to continually move yourself in the direction of your biggest goals and ambitions. You need to be willing to face discomfort in order for you to grow. You need the courage to launch in faith with no guarantees of success. Lots of people think that, well, I was born to do this one thing, and then they turn 20, and then they turn 30, and then they turn 40, and then they turn 50, and they realize, you know what? What you thought was important at 10, 15, 20, and 30 isn't as important sometimes 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. Sometimes the thing you thought was your whole life's purpose and goal in your 30s switches in your 40s, and you need to develop new skill sets. If you haven't found that to be true yet, I bet with a little bit more maturity and higher ambitions and aims, you'll find that to be true. Your comfort zone is irrelevant. What matters is what are you trying to do with your life? How are you trying to contribute? And how do you grow into that regardless of what you're good at, regardless of what's comfortable or easy? So I encourage you, ask yourself this question. Have you been honest in fully expressing your thoughts, your feelings, your needs and your dreams with your boyfriend, with your girlfriend, with your husband, your wife, with your team, with the people that you work with? I mean, do people even really know you? Because sometimes what makes us feel uncomfortable is to avoid difficult conversations. What makes us feel comfortable is making sure everyone accepts us. What makes us feel comfortable is belonging. And I think those are all great things, but I also think we have to ask, what's real? and to convey that and to communicate that. The fourth important emotion you learn to become a winner for life is overpowering failure. If you want to become a winner for life, you need to overcome your fear of failure. Now, how do you do that? The winners fail intelligently. For them, failure is a resting ground and not a nesting ground. Failure is an important part of the learning process. It's all about trial and error. We need to adopt the psychology of winning that is, to increase your failure rate, you will increase your success rate. So let's assume that you're tossing a coin. You want to get five heads. And suppose you toss the coin 15 times to get five heads. And then you call it a success. But what you also got was 10 tails called failure. Now let's say you want 10 heads next time for success. Looking at the law of averages, what you should do is try getting 20 more tails called failure. That is increasing your failure rate to increase your success rate. You need the courage to risk failure. You need the courage to endure constant setbacks and disappointments and temporary defeats. You need to learn to deal with failure by realizing that failure is an indispensable prerequisite for success. You can't succeed without failing, and failing lots of times. Remember that wonderful quote from Thomas J. Watson Sr., the founder of IBM? He said, if you want to be successful faster, you must double your rate of failure. He said, success lies on the far side of failure. You need the courage to treat failure as an opportunity to more intelligently begin again. You need to overcome the fear of failure by doing the things you fear over and over 
until the fear is gone. And then by resolving to bounce rather than break when things don't work out for you. Increase your failure rate and thus increase your success rate. The fifth emotion winners must learn is to leverage pressure. We live in a time in a society where we're constantly placed with demands. We have growing demands from employers, family, spouse, children, peer group, customers, and followers. We also have to compete with time, quality, performance, and consistency. As an effect, pressure seems to be increasing on us. Our ability to cope with pressure is being tested to the full. For people with mediocrity, pressure means stress, but for winners, pressure means motivation and a sense of urgency. Winners know how to ease their pressure with a positive note. They accept pressure as a means to grow and as a result, they become stronger than ever before. On the other hand, pressure taken with a negative note becomes stress. When you get pressure next time or every time, turn that pressure into pleasure. Here's how you turn pressure into pleasure. You have to label these emotions in the right way. And when you label these emotions in the right way, you channel them in the right direction. For example, Michael Johnson in 1996 at the Olympic Games in Atlanta says, I love pressure. I love that feeling of anxiety. It makes me run faster. And he won two golds there. So he labeled it and he turned pressure into pleasure. Another example is Brant Snedeker on the PGA Tour. He told me that he loves the opportunity of getting up and down. When he misses a green, he loves the opportunity of chipping it up and making the putt. That's called getting up and down. So he has turned pressure into pleasure. He sees this pressure as an opportunity. That's what winners do. Pressure is good. Quality pressures give you tense energy. When tense energy is created, your brain cells are activated. They're in a creative pursuit to solve problems. They produce more electrochemical energy from new connections, remodel nerve endings, improve receptor networks, and revitalize your overall brain function. You become more capable, smarter, and more vibrantly involved with life. Each time you reach further, your brain becomes better at helping you go beyond that. It's just the simple fact. The highest performers in business, business and life are people who can actually operate very well under pressure. They're not stressed out, they don't allow the pressure to get to them. But how do you get to that place? There's a legendary story about Michael Phelps, the multi-gold winning, multi-medal winning swimmer for the United States, how he actually, his coach actually did what they call stress inoculation, where he would put Michael under incredibly stressful situations in practices. Sometimes he would do things like set his clock 15 minutes late so that Michael would show up to the practices late. Sometimes uh, he did something like, uh, you know, alter his goggles so that they would actually leak during his training swims. All of these things mounted up to him having to deal with and think outside the box, kind of deal out, you know, uh, thinking on his feet and dealing with stress and dealing with situations that he couldn't plan for or seek out. You want to have a solid plan in place for success, but you also want to be limber enough and flexible enough and nimble enough to be able to think through the contingencies. And the best way to do this is to give yourself your own stress inoculation. The key to it is to remember it's not just about always getting the results, sometimes it's about improving the process. I firmly believe this about you. 
as the high altitude person you are, if you can train yourself to perform under pressure, if you can inoculate yourself against stress, not only will you perform better, not only will you create better results for yourself, but you'll actually be a lot happier. You'll actually have more fulfillment on the process that you, as you're going through in accomplishing your mission and business in life. Sometimes having the pressure of not knowing is enough to keep you focused, keep you alert, and keep you on point. And that's really what it comes down to, to really creating peak performance in yourself. That's the kind of pressure that we all need. That's the kind of pressure that will differentiate you from any kind of competition, and most importantly, the competition of between you and yourself. The future is being rewritten every day in every endeavor. Yesterday's progressive thinking becomes today's passe news. You can keep repeating what you got here, or you can keep unlocking hidden capacity to reach more of what's possible. Master these emotions, use them to your advantage, and become a winner for life. When you hear the word winner, you think about the person that wins the battle, wins the game. You think about the outcome. That's not really what I think about when I think about a winner. I think a winner is somebody who gets up every single day and fights the fight against doubt, fights the fight against fear, fights the fight against laziness and procrastination and forces themselves to do the work so that they can become a better person, so that they can see their dreams come true and so that they can astonish themselves. You win at life when you do the work that makes you feel uncomfortable. We look at winners all the time. We celebrate our greatest heroes in business and in sports because of their outcomes, but the fact is Nobody stops and thinks about the fact that those champions, those winners, spent 10, 20, 30 years getting up day in and day out and doing the work. So a winner is somebody that wakes up every morning, pushes themselves out that bed, and does the work to become a better person. Winners have very high standards number one thing that's going to change your life, the only thing that will change your life, change your business, change your money, change your relationship, is you must raise your standard. Now, I know that sounds boring, stupid, basic, but it's the truth. The only thing that changes our life long term is when we raise our standards. What does that mean? That sounds so boring and dumb. It means that all of us in life have things we want. We don't get what we want. We get what we have to have. Remember I said earlier, we all get what we tolerate in ourselves and other people. But when you're no longer willing to tolerate something, that's when your life changes. The difference in people is their standards, period. The difference in people is their standards, period. And what do I mean by standards? Everyone in the world has a list of things they think they should do. I should lose weight. I should work out. I should spend more time with my kids. I should work harder. I should make more calls. I should, I should, I should, I should. And then you know what? People don't do their shoulds. And they get mad at themselves, and they, what I call, shit all over themselves. They beat themselves up about it. What changes people is when your should becomes a must.
All winners have kept their bar higher than everybody else. They have this drive to ask more from oneself because they have a higher demand from oneself for the standards that they are committed to. We all have to get down is a higher standard of boldness or courage. You know, what, where you're at in your life right now is a complete indication of how bold you've been in chasing your dreams, how bold you've been in sharing your ideas, your thoughts, your dreams, your visions, your needs with other people, how courageous you've been to fight after you fall down, to keep getting up, to keep striving, to go for it, even when they ridicule you, even when you're disappointed, even when you're hurt, even when you just feel like nothing's gonna line up again, the ability to get up again, the next day, the next hour, the next moment, the next relationship, and trust and try once more, that courage and that boldness, if you don't have that, then you're never going to reach that higher standard of living, which you deserve, your family deserves, and your community needs from you. We need more bold leaders. We need more courageous people to call a wrong a wrong, to pursue things that are difficult, to dream of those things that most people will never dream of because they're scared, they don't know how, or they cannot. You have to raise that level of boldness to reach that next level of success in your life, no matter how successful you already are. I know if you're watching this, you're already a person who's driven. You, you wouldn't watch this video this long if you weren't into personal development, self-help, psychology, or high performance. You're here because you already have an element of that. The next level for you is letting it out more trusting in that, to have the courage to follow your heart even more with a greater level of dedication. That's another level of standard, I think, for all of us. Winners have big dreams. Since everything that is created in this world begins with a thought or an idea or a dream, the bigger your dream, the bigger your achievement and your end creation. The starting point of great success and achievement has always been the same. It is for you to dream big dreams. Isn't it true that all of us in life are attracted to something that is larger than life? Small dreams don't move or motivate people. All high achievers have big goals. One thing to remember here is that when you have big dreams and goals, it's imperative that it should be supported by small dreams and plans to accomplish them. Remember that a dream without a plan is merely a hallucination. I think the real challenge is too many people fail to plan big, right? They, they have a big dream, but it never hits a piece of paper, never hits a business plan, never hits a step-by-step. -step. It never really gets into development mode. It's in dream mode all the time. They're two different things, right? You got dream mode, vision, 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 ideas, ideas, ideas. But at some point, that's going to hit development mode a work plan, a structure, a habit, a routine, a step-by-step. -step. So I tell you, look, you can be a dreamer all your life, but at some point you gotta become a doer as well if you're gonna actualize that. So let me ask you this, that big resolution you have in your life, that big enormous dream, is there a written plan somewhere? Have you really structured it somewhere? And here's the ultimate test. Can you show me on your calendar the hours you're spending this week focused on that? on implementing it, not just ideation, implementing. Where is it? Is it scheduled one to three o'clock on Tuesday? Is it your morning routine that's moving you towards it? If you have a big, huge vision, goal, or dream, where is it scheduled on your calendar? If it's not there, you'll just keep operating 
towards the randomness of the universe. You'll just keep kind of doing whatever, going over here, getting lost of distraction over there. So yeah, you're thinking too big if it's never landing on the small calendar. Here is the key. To achieve anything marvelous, first the unthinkable must be thought. To achieve something you have never achieved before, you will have to think in ways that you have never thought before. To achieve something you have never achieved before, you will have to believe in ways you have never believed before. The biggest belief for a winner is the belief in one's own potential. Having faith in one's potential is power. It might help you to know that the latest brain research now indicates with enough positive self-talk and positive visualization combined with proper training, coaching and practice, anyone can learn to do almost anything. Now I've interviewed thousands of successful people and almost every one of them has told me I was not the most gifted or the most talented person in my field, but I chose to believe that anything was possible. And because of that, I studied, I practiced, and I worked harder than the others, and that's how I got to where I am. You know, if Ruben Gonzalez, a 20-year-old living in Texas, hot Texas, can take up the luge, which is a winter sport, and become an Olympic athlete, if Bill Gates, who is a college dropout, can become a multi-billionaire, and Stephen J. Cannell, who was a dyslexic student who failed three grades in school, can become a best-selling author and a television producer, then you too can accomplish anything if you'll simply believe it's possible. And there's this concept we call RWID. I think this is the most important concept really in the field of psychology and frankly personal achievement is the relative weight of importance and duration that you're giving to any given thought anyway. Relative weight of importance and duration. Let me give an example of what that is. This coaching client, you know, she's constantly focusing on her limiting beliefs. Oh, well, you know, I just have this insecurity that, um, you know, I'm not good enough. And my limiting belief is I'm always, you know, I just, I just don't think I'm good enough and I, I'm always thinking I'm not good enough. Yeah, exactly. You're always thinking you're not good enough. So her relative weight of importance and duration of her thoughts, when it's balanced between I'm not good enough versus I'm capable and strong and competent, it's always over here. She's giving this thought more weight. The truth is in your mind, at any given moment, you're having two thoughts. It's almost a duality of what we think about ourselves. If you're thinking about your insecurities, there's also a part of you that's aware that that's an insecurity. So you're competent and capable of understanding your strengths as well. Does that make sense? So if you know you folks, if you have this insecurity, there's a part of you that's saying, yeah, yeah, maybe I feel like a mouse, but there's a part of you inside that makes you feel like a lion too. The problem is all of your weight of your focus of your mind has been going to those limiting things versus those expanding or powerful things. The weight of your attention is focused on, on your weaknesses, your problems, your limits. And the importance you're giving that thought is more important than you're giving to the ideas of your own strengths. And the duration is dictating your destiny. The duration of how long do I focus and give my attention to those things that are limiting me, to those worries, to those weaknesses, versus how long am I giving my mental focus and attention to something that's bigger or better or bolder within me.
Winning and losing are not accidents. Winning is predictable, learned, and duplicated. Failure is also as predictable as success. Why? Because both winning and losing are the results of the difference in our habits. Well, Aristotle said that 95% of everything you do is the result of habit. So the rule is form good habits and make them your masters rather than allowing bad habits to form. In fact, the other rule says this, is that good habits are hard to form but easy to live with. Bad habits are easy to form but hard to live with. Now, one of the turning points in my life and my studies of psychology was the discovery that all habits are learned and can be unlearned. Actually, you don't actually unlearn a habit. You simply replace a bad habit with a good habit that has more powerful power and impact. And how do you develop a good habit? You develop a habit by repetition. Almost everything you do from the time you get up in the morning is habit. So start to think about yourself. What would be the best habits to have? You see, people who are successful at achieving and living their dreams understand the fact that we shape our habits first and then our habits shape us. The support system for any successful person on this planet is his or her network of powerful relations with other like-minded people. You can call this your own mastermind group or Rolodex. The number one thing you need to do to make it to the C-suite is to make sure that you build a Rolodex of relationships that can help you navigate the highest echelons of the business or industry that you're in. It is all about relationships. Relationships open doors, create opportunities. They lead to new places, new positions, jobs. Those relationships that you work on and build over your career, how you handle them, how you nurture them, how you stay current with those relationships, hands down, is the most important way to achieve success. The best growth system is the kind of people we are all connected with. We literally become whom we hang out with. If we hang out with winners, we will become winners. If we hang out with a bunch of losers, we'll become losers. As Zig Ziglar says, if you want to fly with the eagles, you can't continue to scratch with the turkeys. Therefore, make worthy contacts. Remember, your network equals your net worth. So don't make any useless acquaintances. Don't waste your time with losers. Work on a support system that will be a greater leverage for you in succeeding ahead of time. Winners create a network of interdependencies. A strong, dependable team is greater leverage to accelerate the speed of winning. Don't think you have to do everything yourself. If your dream is go to the moon, and you're saying, well, Brendan, I'm going to do it by myself. I'm going, well, yeah, you're thinking too big. You're an idiot. <laughs> you know? But if you're thinking team, I mean, to go to the moon, we needed all of NASA. We needed like literally thousands and thousands of contractors and tens of thousands of man hours that were separate from even the people who were paid to go to the moon. It's like you have to think of team. You need people to support you on a journey to a bigger vision. Team is a wonderful system for winning, and the application of team power at strategic places can make you reach the heights unimaginable by one person's ability and potential alone. Develop empowering habits, develop your support system, and have a great team in place. Be a winner for life. You are born to win. You have the greatest untapped potential to rise above everything.
You just need to get in touch with the greatness within you. A great power of purpose, when unleashed with massive action, becomes a force that is unstoppable. Be that unstoppable force. Be that outstanding person in your field. Be the best in what you can be. The only person who can stop you is you. If you think that there are impediments in your life, they are there only because you have allowed them to be there. Nobody can make you feel inferior without your permission. Nobody can even make you feel like a loser without your permission. Remember, you are in charge, and it's my privilege to tell you that you are. You can be, do, and achieve anything you truly deserve. We achieve what we deserve, not what we desire. Be worthy of deserving all the good things in life. Become your own best friend. Accept yourself. Acknowledge the greatness within you. There's a winner waiting to jump out of yourself. Never resist that greatness by responding to life's opportunities with mediocrity. Allow the greatness to overpower you. Allow the universe to shower you with blessings and good fortune. Be the empty cup, ready to be filled. Be as low as an ocean to accept the streams and rivers to come and fill you up. Be your humble self and be your higher self. Be the winner for life.